Hey everybody, we're back for another episode of the Journey Up, an Entrepreneur's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce, and this is my co-host, Brylan. Uh, we're super excited for our guest that we're going to have on today, Jeremy Taylor. He's got a really awesome business on two sides. He's got uh, a real estate business as well as a fitness company. So um, we're super excited to have him on today and uh, tell you guys a little bit more about his entrepreneurial journey. So thanks for being on the show Absolutely. today, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, wanted to at least just get a you know, quick little breakdown from you on your, your two different sides of what you do. Yeah. So, um, primarily from like a money-making standpoint, it's real estate solely. Uh -huh. yeah, <laughs> like I don't really have like a, a big, uh, as far as the, the business side of the gym, it operates on its own for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, uh -huh. we have a team of mostly part-time people, but I have one full-time guy that basically manages the place for me on a regular basis. I am there on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. For a couple hours, um, but mostly I utilize that as an office, so I just get touch points consistently from right. you know yeah. people walking in and out of the door. Um, it started a lot more heavily with me being in there and actually operating the facility. Now it's like more of a like just figurehead owner from the top. Mm -hmm. um, but then now, obviously, that I'm not in there so much, real estate has picked up quite a bit. So that's my mm -hmm. main, my primary source of income. That's what yeah. I focus on the most, um, and that's really what's grown the most, comparatively uh -huh. speaking, to the gym gym is pretty status quo mm -hmm. yeah. and then uh real estate side is really picked up but I, I attribute a lot of that just to my touch points with having that like, platform to stand on with the gym yeah. too. so it's been a nice nice mix of things to have so you 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 are pretty much just doing the gym more for pleasure at that point um, yeah it's super hobby based like yeah, it's like sure. when i uh, when i opened it i mean it was, I was 24 25 24 whenever i opened the gym mm -hmm. and like I had that going and we just stepped away from it was four of us that were on a, a you know, real estate team with like lead flow and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But literally we did all at once. Like we stepped away from that, decided to become, you know, agents on our own. We left. It was like, really, I wanted to open that gym. Mm -hmm. Their setup was like more like it's, it's a daily grind with them, which they have a great operation and the way they do things is like the system is awesome. Wasn't the approach that I was looking for essentially. And that's right. simply yeah. it. Um, but that so was your first year. That was my first year, which yeah. I honestly like. It's a great entry level. Yes. Like you get a ton of experience right. very quickly and you get thrown to the fire and yeah. you're doing a ton of transactions. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. the, the volume of transactions is there. I think that the one thing that I definitely um, stepping away from that, learning how to grow your business organically was yeah. not there. So it was, uh -huh. like, it was like this like lull period of like, oh crap, like I got to figure out how to do this on my own. How do now. I source my own leads? Right. Uh, yeah. Um, which blessed and lucky enough to have like good friends, close sphere. And uh -huh. then um, I think the gym really helped me in year one, like still accumulate a decent amount of sales. Mm -hmm. And then year two on my own, again, beat that out and do better. And then yeah. this past year, year three has been like, like the first full year or the third, excuse me, third full year on my own uh -huh. in the first year of really like blossomed. I feel like, yeah. would you say that the gym helps bring leads in for you on the real estate side by I, building those for relationships? Sure, for sure. The first two years, especially uh -huh. um, this past this whole 2023 has been like a lot of just like my own client base from real estate solely referrals uh -huh. and repeat customers. So that's mm -hmm. been like pretty eye opening to me to like be like, Oh, I don't, I maybe I don't need the touch point in the gym quite as much anymore. I can kind of start to focus on other aspects of like yeah. marketing mm -hmm. and getting myself out there and maybe, you know, creating other like community resources or mm -hmm. touch points in that aspect. So I'm yeah. interested though, because I think any guy that's ever like stepped foot in a gym, <laughs> they always have that dream of wanting to start a gym. Yeah. So like, what was like step one? Cause like I wouldn't even know where to start, but I mean, that's um, obviously something that. So I had, 
when I first got out of college, I interned as a baseball coach at Flagler. So I played baseball at Flagler. I interned mm-hmm. at Flagler as a baseball coach, and you make like literally zero dollars and zero cents. Um, so <laughs> so living was challenging. So I had to yeah. get another job. So I'd get up, and this is like this is in college. This is right after college. Right after so I'd get up at four. I'd go work at the gym from five to eight a.m. Then I go to the office, which I didn't do too much when I was an intern at Flagler for baseball, right. but still I was uh-huh. in the office from nine to twelve, and then we'd go get lunch. Then we go to practice. So it's like. Going from Were five a.m. as well. No, or this is after? At, at right after okay. college, okay. right after I got finished playing. Um, but the day would start so early, and I always told myself in college I don't want a job where I have to wake up early. Yeah, and I literally got a job where I have to wake up uh, before in the morning. morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh but it did set me in a good like. It made my the rest of my life easier because like once uh-huh. I didn't have to do that every single day, I was like, okay, it's not that bad. And then I made crap for money when I worked at this. So I yeah. did the internship with Flagler coaching baseball. I worked at this gym part-time and then um after a year of that i decided i don't want to do the baseball thing anymore it just doesn't make any money yeah so i was like i'm gonna go full in on the gym um the, the way we had it set up even mm. with the gym i made better money but it wasn't really uh-huh. much mm. um and you weren't licensed at this point either no no not no, yet what no. was the like first uh location and like how did you kind of like bring that into fruition because i know it's kind of hard to well, just like, go right into having a space with, with the gym. It right? is. Um, well, I tried to buy the first gym I worked at, mm-hmm. and I knew nothing. I, I, I they, they, I was like, I want to buy the gym. They're like, okay, here's how much it is. And I was like, sick, I'm going to go get an SBA loan for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just had, like knowing nothing about business valuations. Yeah. So I like, did the whole process of acquiring an SBA loan, and then – It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, then they all the, there also has to be proof in the valuation of the business when it comes uh-huh. to acquiring an SBA loan. And what they're asking for, I could not get a loan on. From, yeah. And with my, you know – credentials as, as who I was at that point in my yeah. life. I had nothing to like back that up to uh-huh. that liquidity to pay off the loan if something is to happen. So yeah. anyways, I didn't get the loan. They're like, never mind, carry on business as usual. I was like, oh that's kind of bogus. I was like, I'm out. I quit. Yeah. And that's when I got my real estate license. Okay. Um and shortly after they sold the gym to somebody else. I went mm-hmm. back and worked there a little bit. Once real estate really started picking up, then I was like, okay, I don't need the gym anymore made enough money for a couple of years. And I was like, I'm going to open a gym. Is that what you really (laughs) like wanted to do when you grew up or what was your, I think, what was your like first thing that was like, okay, I really want to do this. I think initially, yeah, it was the excitement of owning a gym was like sick. Just like you said, like every man that like steps into a gym that like, dude, I want to own this. This is so cool. But, um, it's not as cool as you think. (laughs) It's definitely not as exciting as you think. Um, It's a business at the end of the day. It is a business (laughs) and there's, it's just like real estate. It's emotion management. Yeah. Uh, always, always, always emotion management with people. And I will say both of those, like they definitely have the ability to wear down on you quite a bit. So yeah. you have to compartmentalize a lot, especially when both of your businesses are like customer facing constantly and a lot of expectations from people. So, yeah. um, it was just, I just was like, I, you know, what? I have the ability that, you know, I have the money of liquidity to go buy the stuff outright and get a space. It'll cover its debt pretty easily. I had a good name from when I had the last gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people carried right over. So we had a, a decent, base of members right away to cover debts got it um, from your previous previous, previous mm-hmm. gym okay. so that we had a lot of people come because it's a group fitness like a higher mm-hmm. ticket mm-hmm. you know um, what you what pushed you into getting the license to begin with uh my buddy dustin had his license and uh-huh. he told me i remember the first time he he told me like he's like i want to make this much off a check of you know the closing yeah. it was like thirteen thousand dollars and at that point i was like that's over a that's third of check. my income yeah in one check in one yeah. check. And i was like i have to do something like yeah. this or something other than what i was doing so um that's what step like pushed me into it and mm-hmm. i was Horrible at first. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys felt about yourself when you how first started. Old, how old were you when you first started? What was year one? 23. Okay, yeah, that's about okay. the time mm-hmm. I was too. Yeah. So, which I was horrible. 
when I first started, just not knowing what I didn't know. You yeah, know, I, I started like, at 18. It's terrifying, dude. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, is your family involved in real estate then? Um, no, uh, my, my dad did real estate, um, it like the investment side uh-huh. in the nineties up until like 2008. Mm-hmm. But after 2008, he actually, uh, went to the police academy when oh. everything crashed and yeah, did, um, like law enforcement and like, like counterterrorism, counterterror. He got his master's degree in counterterrorism and had got a it. gun range and did all that. He's just a very tactical dude. Yeah, yeah. He's a tactical <laughs> dude. He's a weapon. Jeez. Um, okay. so, uh, I don't know. I just, I actually, whenever I went to, so I went to UNF my freshman year before mm-hmm. I transferred to FSU. I remember going in my freshman year and I was like, I'm going to study finance. And I was like, you know what? I don't know why, but I just, I want to own my own commercial real estate brokerage. One mm-hmm. day. That was the first thing mm-hmm. that I thought of and just immediately went for it. Yeah. And there was a guy, I don't, I'm not sure if you know him. He's from Amelia Island, uh, John Holbrook. Do you know John Holbrook? Just... He was the uh, office manager of Berkshire Hathaway mm-hmm. on the south end of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just a, I I was working on my license, didn't have it yet. And he was just paying me cash to like work different assistant stuff around the office and learn the business. And then he ended up branching off and starting the Piney Woods office in Fernandina. Mm -hmm. Um, and I worked under him for about a a year or so while I was in college. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of my, my first entry level into the business. And he had me doing like Actually, kind of similar to this, he had me going around to different like businesses, local mm-hmm. in Fernandina, and interviewing like local business owners and recording everything sure. and putting it on his page. Cool. So that Very was cool. actually like my entry that's level awesome. into it. Yeah. If if I could like go back in time, I'd get my license as soon as I graduated. Yeah, high school. Dude, that's exactly. exactly what I said. I was like, <laughs> if as soon I could as go I got back in time and do that, yeah, whenever you're 18, like that would have that probably would have freed up like three years of just like whatever else I was all doing. All the yeah. other like BS that they try to teach you and you're like, I don't even need this. Yeah. yeah. Like, which I mean, like it's school, which I don't know how you guys feel about it. I, I, I think it's love, important to very important have that time in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, and you can act like a jackass. Hopefully I can say that. On this yeah. Button. You can, you can, say that. So <laughs> you can act like it for a few years and like yeah. enjoy your time. And, and like, again, it doesn't hurt to know all those people either down the yeah, road. For so, sure. Um, yeah. But so I, you got like, not to cut you off, but you got, yeah, you got licensed, you were 23. Yeah. And then, um, you, did you like go anywhere else your first year? You were with just, you DJ just went and right to them. How'd you hear about them? Dustin. It was Dustin. my buddy. Okay. That, yeah. He so, was working there. So we like, I, I feel like I was with them kind of at the tail end of when they were like super small, mm-hmm. yeah. which is so fun. Cause yeah. it was like a tight knit group. We mm-hmm. were crazy. It was so like, and I don't mean that in the sense of like, we kind of felt like Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street to some extent. Yeah. Cause we just got after it every day and we were super competitive. Just banging out the phones. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a good environment. And then, so at some point you get a little bit exhausted from that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and I'm not, I don't do that at this point by any means, but again, really good first experience to get into it and mm-hmm. get the training. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, they obviously blew up. Yeah. 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 Again, their approach is, is very solid. Yeah. <laughs> it is solid. And I will say even cause a uh, little backstory, uh, Jeremy's brother is actually married to my sister. So that's how we know each <laughs> other. But, um, you actually kind of played a little bit of a role in why I wanted to get licensed. Cause mm-hmm. I remember I was probably 19 or 20 mm-hmm. and friends on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and stuff. And I, there were one, there was one time I think I saw you had like like 15 pending in a yeah. month or yeah. something There's like that. There's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> dang, dude. 15 pending in a month? Yeah. That's dude, he, huge. Yeah, he was like in like the teenage pending. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And I was crazy. like, damn, like, mm. yeah. that's, that's, that's cool. Which so, is super fun. Yeah. And now, and now when you get to that point, it's like, which with them, it was kind of cool because a lot of that was handed off to a yeah. transaction coordinator, which yeah. is the way they taught, Yeah, which is not the way I do it now, unfortunately. But, um, 
but and so I you're kind of hands off once you get it under contract. That's right? how it was with them. I, uh-huh. I, again, I didn't really like that because I'm such a, and it's not a good thing. I'm a micromanager. I so it's too, like, yeah. I just want to be hands on on the deal. Plus mm. I, personally, I think just for creating referral business, like if you hand off to some, you know, random person, then like, if you're not negotiating the biggest parts of the deal yeah. inside of it, then you're going to, you're not going to have them a year down the road and they go exactly. to sell. Mm. Um, not going to love you. And so it's not, I don't, I'm just not into the turn and burn mentality. I'd yeah, much I rather agree. have just do good to people. And that's how you create more business. I agree. Especially so. if you're like, at, a lot of people don't realize the tail end of the transaction, whenever you're trying to close it is the hardest. Cause Absolutely. there's so many things that can happen out of nowhere. So right. if you're, like you said, on the front lines fighting for them and, negotiating, you right. know, different parts of the deal to make sure it hits closing, whether it's probate or whatever the issue mm-hmm. is. Um, you're you a know, superhero. You're, yeah, you're a superhero. Yeah. They look at you as the person that not only affected the deal, but saved the deal and right. made it happen. So, For sure. you know, they're and not like gonna spending that time with them up front mm-hmm. too is mm-hmm. going to make them more trustworthy of you in the back end. So if you're mm-hmm. like, I'm not trying to screw you over, I'm telling you this is a, like a good move, yeah. you know, then there, there's more trust in that too. Whereas if you just hand them off, then like you come into the back end, like, no, closing the home, like mm-hmm. you got you to gotta buy it. Right. Yeah, screw up. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not no, doing it. So yeah. I think you're trying to screw him over. So anyways. do you, do you remember, um, do you remember your first deal? Like your first house you sold? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, Walk us it through was it. a mess. It was a, um, <laughs> so it was actually a foreclosure situation. It was a young couple that their dad, gosh, where was he? He was over in, um, he was literally on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he was purchasing the home for them. Okay. And, so I had to speak to him at the most odd hours of the night because he was in a completely different time zone. Oh God. I was buying it for the kids. It was a foreclosure situation. I've never done a deal before in my life. So I didn't even know what I was doing in the first place. It was not a standard contract. Let alone so, that type of transaction. So nothing was normal. It was yeah. a cash transaction. The guy was wiring funds from literally a, a different continent. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, it, the whole thing was a mess. It got drug out super long. Um, but that was my first deal. And that was like, I started in, March or April of, of 2019. And then I think I closed my first deal. Like it was in June. So like, I was just literally like living off of peanut butter and jellies. Was, and so was that, <laughs> that was March the one you closed? June isn't that bad though. I mean, no, I know a lot of people time. that don't close anything for at least the first like six yeah. months or more. It was not that bad, but I was like so broke at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh my yeah. God. But did you, you close that one with the, mm-hmm. Oh wow. It was a mess. Yeah. It was an absolute mess. Um, I had a couple of messes in between that too, while that deal was working that did not close. Uh-huh. Um, so there is definitely like a bunch of errors yeah. that again, looking back, I wish I would have had just like, I wish I would have just like been somebody's apprentice for like yeah. six months sometimes and just like work to learn instead of earn for a second. Cause I definitely screwed right. up. Um, yeah. Not that they I have like it. a lot of training systems that you were going through to help you learn along the way, or is it just kind of, here's the fire jump in. It was simultaneous. It, yeah. There was definitely training involved, but it was very much you're getting thrown into the fire, ask mm-hmm. questions later, which, yeah. um, definitely made me learn fast. For yeah, sure. Like I for definitely sure. would not have put that pressure on myself. Yeah. Um, that's good. But though. I def- I don't think I screwed any customers over by any means. However, yeah. I just think like I could have handled things better to maybe mm-hmm. like save a few deals. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, like that's just like, <laughs> cause yeah. you end up, you end up not thinking there's so many ways, like, just like you said, if you get into the middle or tail end of a contract where you can maybe manipulate, you know, portions of the financing right. or just like extend things out instead of just like giving up on, on deals. Um, yeah. then I, I just would do that a lot. Cause I didn't know yeah, there other were, options. There were like, the, I, I agree with that because I m- vividly remember like two of them, like my first few months and it was because I couldn't really even like effectively like, uh, communicate what was going on during the inspection period. Like right. I didn't understand like the value on like, yeah. like how to fix things and stuff like right. that. So like it was, like, what's a big deal. Yeah. What's, what's a big not? deal. What's uh-huh. not. So 
Um, and that can play like a huge role in, in that. Sure. So, so I agree. And like agree. prepping people for that too. Like you get, you start to get really good. I think as you get through this business further, if you're learning from every transaction yeah. At, yeah. at prepping people for what may come, right. not that you're trying uh-huh. to freak them out. And it's like, it's how your delivery of it is too. So like even on a listing appointment, like I try to spend as much time in a house with somebody as I can initially. Mm-hmm. Like I had one yesterday, it was like an hour and a half and it mm-hmm. was, they still had someone to interview today. So mm-hmm. I'll wait for the call back to see, I'll follow up with them after this. But, um, like try to spend as much time as you can talking through literally what the transaction will look like from contract to close. Like once you go through your marketing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, because Mm -hmm. then if they have any questions or if we hit one of those times where an appraisal comes in low or Uh an inspection comes back bad, like we know the possibilities of how we're going to approach that. So we're just trying to prep people for it. And then they're not so blindsided by issues to where they, cause they, people get so overwhelmed so fast in the moment. So you gotta like take a step back. So it's emotional. You know, if you can give them at least one step into the fire Mm -hmm. initially, so they don't feel like they're getting burned so hard when it does happen. um, It's like, it's a big deal. It's like covering your bases. So it's like, you you know, whenever it does happen, you can always revert back to, this is what I mentioned earlier, you know, and it's like one of those things. Huge deal. And then they look at it as like, okay, this guy's experienced. For sure. And And like, if you're going to be, if, you're gonna it's their house ultimately so if you're talking like listings and the, the collaboration on pricing if you can mm-hmm. say hey you know here's the numbers that we have i'm willing to adjust to try higher if you guys want to but you know i always have this piece of paper in writing that like yeah. if you revert back to i said we should be at this price yeah so, right, you know exactly, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> when you come back to people so yeah, especially if anyways. they want to list a little bit higher than yeah. you originally told them and yeah. then they come back with uh, an offer when you're on the market and it's like exactly where you told them it was going to be. Literally. Like, Sorry, I told you so. All the time, <laughs> yeah. all the time, which we know that goes, but yeah. it's just like prepping people for it. Yeah. So where do you think um, like your go-getter mentality came from? Obviously, you know, you've been in real estate for the last few years. You're killing it. You got, you know, your gym down in St. Mm-hmm. Augustine. Um, I guess what kind of like, what makes you stand out? You think? Um, I, well, I think as far as like the mentality, that was definitely stems from childhood because my dad was uh-huh. always just so adamant about being being the standout and the, and the positive of like, and I remember this all the time. Like if there's a baseball on the field, go get it. Yeah. So yeah. It, if like kids, if they're after their batting practice, there'd be like balls in the outfield in the warning track. Cause, mm-hmm. and he'd always yell at my brother and I to go get it. So that was just like, your that, dad was a coach. Growing that replays, up. And, yeah. And yeah. that replays in my head constantly, just go pick up the baseball. It's not mm-hmm. that yeah. hard. It's not that big of a deal. It's one extra minute of work. Um, so that always replays in my head. But, um, the, the, I think that what makes me stand out mm-hmm. in that aspect is just, availability can die at some point too. So I don't want to wear out the fact that I'm like, I'm widely available for you. I'm I'm ready to work hard. Uh Um, I I really think the standout difference is going to be just doing good by people and having their best interest. And even though Uh we're transaction brokers, I'm sure you guys work in the same capacity. Um, but working to do the best you can for them Mm -hmm. and ultimately finding out what their goals are and like truly working for them. And now obviously we don't have like a fiduciary duty to them. We're going to have both sides of the deal. Sometimes Uh we're just being honest to both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately if they're trying to sell their house and they're trying to buy the house, we're trying to work our best I can to to make that happen for them. So, um, but yeah, I think that's literally, obviously the the hard work just comes from simply if if something needs to be done to do it. I think that's where a lot of people fall into the trap of, especially in our business where it's, there's no one actually breathing down your neck. It's your responsibility to to do the items you need to do in a timely manner. So if there's something that needs to get done, just accomplish it. Uh-huh. Take right. care of it. Get, get it right. done. I've said that a lot. I, I always say, like, you know, if something needs to get done the right the first time, just go ahead and do it yourself. Yeah, just, <laughs> take, and just take and like take the minute. We are inherently lazy as our yeah. industry for the most part. And which it, I say that. 
um, with a grain of salt because there's a lot of people that re- work really hard in this business. But there's a lot of people that don't, though. And there's yeah. a lot of people that don't, yeah. which I'm almost excited for the NAR, NAR lawsuit, and that's going to knock out half of our industry. So yeah, you saw that? The good one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big into that now. But the um, probably knock out half the people who don't do hard work because if mm-hmm. the buyer's agency side becomes more challenging, that knocks out a lot of people. Knocks right. out a lot of people. Um, so yeah, for it's sure. going to take people that are actually, like, trying to do their business mm-hmm. effectively. For uh-huh. sure. Um, so, it. so just doing it, what would you say then um, – obviously, you know, not like your mentality and stuff, but what are like your non-negotiables? Like, what do you do? Like, what's like your Monday through Friday? Like, what do you, mm. do you plan out your yeah, week? Like, I feel like that's something that I do a lot. Like yeah. I'll, I'll usually get in in the morning and I'll pull out, you know, my notepad or my notes or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm, and I'll literally plan out everything that I have to sure. do and kind of just do it based off a list. I, I I'm know. kind of, um, I, I definitely have to work off a calendar. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. definitely, because there's just always something I always have to, as soon as I, if someone has a request or something that I have to do, I definitely put it in my calendar mm-hmm. right away. Um, I am a little bit on the fly just because of really the gym business. I may have to be available for it mm-hmm. at yeah. some points. Um, but I do have the same routine for the most part. If I'm not working at the gym, I work out early in the morning. I get it out of the way. And then the rest of my day is available. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm normally just doing th- the first thing I do in the morning is contract follow up, making mm-hmm. sure any- if anyone needs anything before I go out in the field. Um, and I know I kind of got this from if there's anything I need to do in office, I try to get it done early in the morning. So Before I 11. I have my morning of, or my afternoon available uh-huh. um, for appointments for the most part. That doesn't mean I don't take appointments in the morning because I definitely do that still. Um, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. But I try to knock out as much as I can in the morning, leave myself as available as I can in the afternoon, um, and especially with both, both businesses running at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I try to keep my phone. Like, I don't I don't coach classes in the afternoon at the gym ever. Yeah. Ever after 9 a.m., do not touch it because right. – so what time my, are you coaching classes? Like five to eight a.m. Okay. If I do that, and it's I do that two to three days a week, uh-huh. but which does suck sometimes because I'm so tired. Yeah. But however, it's like it's people want to see my face because I'm obviously the owner, and also it's not that big of a deal for me to be there for a few hours. Uh-huh. And again, it's such points for people. I get to just talk with them mm-hmm. about what I make money off of which is the real estate side of things so Would you say that's when most people show up anyways yeah i, th- I mean it's um either 5 to 8 a.m or you know 5 30 to 8 30 p.m like there's two blocks is which i'm never there that late anymore mm-hmm. thank oh, god so, so you do uh, like evening classes like yeah after we have work. eight classes throughout the day and mm-hmm. one at 9 a.m and one at noon that's the middle of the day classes mm-hmm. um otherwise it's outside of business hours so mm-hmm. those are the the busiest times but i'm never I mean, this whole year I've barely been in the office outside yeah. of, you know, mm-hmm. really afternoon. Um, most right. of the time I'm home or at appointments at that point yeah. uh-huh. doing whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really have, uh, to, to go back to your question, I don't really have something to where I like set up, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'd uh-huh. probably be more effective if I did, honestly. And this is on why, and this will be released by the time this happens. Like I'm, I'm selling a majority of ownership in my gym. Uh-huh. I'll still have ownership. Um, and this will be released later, so I don't really care about saying that. Um, yeah. It's closing very soon. And what I'm uh, essentially trying to accomplish is to peel back on that next to completely and hyper-focus on what I'm doing with the real estate side because I've mm. had just such split attention. Yeah, um, I understand. So I'm, I'm giving, you know, as best I can to real estate, but sometimes i got to designate some time. So I'm trying to get somebody who can really run. So run the gym and double down in real estate. Like as, an, as a – like a portion owner mm-hmm. still, like yeah. I know you're, you say you're selling majority. Mm-hmm. Are you still going to be involved at I'll, all? Like on management side I of it? I will be, but like final decision-making will not be me anymore, yeah. Yeah. which uh-huh. is stellar. Cause that's really the biggest, the biggest headache is the, the constant. I am a worry wart and this is probably, I think what makes me successful, but also pro- possibly holds me back. It's just like, uh, I, I want to do so good all the time and I'm worried constantly about 
the product that's going on. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. it, it's a constant like low level stress for me to have that. And yeah, where it's like, yeah. if, so, if something's not going right at the gym or if someone mm-hmm. has an issue, yeah. like they're obviously going to come to me. And so like getting that to be like, Hey, that's not my chair anymore. Like go talk to the new yeah. guy mm-hmm. that's like making the decision uh-huh. and go to him. So it takes the stress off my yeah, plate, which is going to be a big a deal. A lot of, the, a lot of this business is bandwidth in like uh-huh. new businesses. Like how much bandwidth can you, like yeah, how much can you really sustain? Yeah. And, yeah. So, and yeah. it's a lot, especially when you got a bunch of deals going on, uh-huh, <laughs> you're yeah. like, it becomes overwhelming. Yeah, so, for sure. Especially um, for us. Cause we have deals and projects and investments. Right. It's so a lot, lot going on. Like, and all the five pots. million things. So yeah. for, for someone like y'all, like to just to, which this is where I guess I do compartmentalize this stuff. We're trying to like, as best I can, I like work on just gym stuff for an hour and uh-huh. then just work on. So I'm just like, yeah. not something all of them you know? yeah and something we do too sometimes like if we're working or if it's like been like a long week or a long day like we'll get home or whatever we're doing later that night and we're like i'm not even gonna talk about real estate don't even bring I, it I up i actually don't I like, like yeah. i'm like don't even after don't even 6 p.m it. on the weeknights yeah. and then on the weekends yeah for the most part like sometimes if i have to take a weekend appointment i'll take yeah. a weekend appointment but for the right. most part i'm like just don't even mention it <laughs> you do have to really and I was, i'm glad you guys just said that because i Sometimes in our, especially our age group, there's this like grind culture. Yes. That it's just like work, 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 work. You're going you to ha- get burnt out. You have to enjoy yourself. You're going mm-hmm. to get burnt out. So, uh-huh. and I've definitely experienced it in my, mm-hmm. in the past, like this year has been, was crazy the first half of the year. And then I had to like yeah. learn how to like time for step yourself. back yeah. a yeah. little bit. Um, Cause the first half of the year was literally, I, I don't think I took a day off literally until like May. It was, it was so much. Yeah. Um, so then it gets to the point where you're just like, I'm so fatigued. I can't even, yeah. like, I need to take like a three and, weeks and, off. And, and money is a tool. Yeah. You know, if, what's the point of making money if right. you're not going to use it right. as a tool to right. enjoy your life? Exactly. I mean, you have to have some vacation time and right. you have to be able to step away, especially as a real estate agent and, you know, put on your, your voicemail or your email. I am away for the office for such and such dates. If you need something, call this person. Yeah, Don't you do have me. to have someone else set up for you just yeah. in yeah. case, um, for sure. But, um, yeah, no, I was going to say something. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <That's it>. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say It'll come that, back. Well, the, um, like getting yourself, I'm so, again, I'm so happy you guys said that because there's like a lot with the grind culture is, and so many people I feel like in our industry, especially when they get onto a, you know, a team like where you're doing like constant turnover, lead flow mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like you just get so burnt out so quickly because it's just like you're you're turning and burning it never stops and it's exciting in the moment but like i say this in the gym industry all the time like there's motivation only lasts so long so it's mm-hmm. like what are you going to do to get through the minutiae the monotony of yeah. just mm-hmm. like the day-to-day so you got to have that time yeah, yeah for away. sure and that's what i was going to say actually i was going to agree on that because i i hate it whenever like you know you're you're doing something or you're out in public or it's like after hours or something and someone's just sitting there in your ear about how much they work and how much money they make and all these things and it's yeah. like dude just yeah. relax like give we it get it give it a break yeah just, uh we went on we were just on a trip and um as all new people that i haven't met before and it's like this one guy came in into the group it was it was an engineer and that's like literally the first and the last thing of every sentence yeah. is like how successful he is how it's much like, money he makes i'm like i can't yeah, say it once and then go on yeah i need to go away yeah so yeah can't honestly i don't think you should really mention it unless somebody asks <laughs> right but yeah just, like if somebody asks sure like we here's can what i'm doing and here's what i do yeah uh, and if they don't ask like yeah, just stay be away yourself uh, we have a and, tough time in this um, industry with like flaunting and like yeah which i get it there's like a part of it you have to be a little bit like extroverted and mm-hmm. out and you got to be top of mind for people, but right. um, too. Yeah. I like flaunting, like how much GCI yeah. did this month. It was like sick. Amazing guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> so it's tough. What is, um, 
out of all that, who would you say would be like your, like your mentor and your mentor in real estate? Um, like do you have one that you kind of look up maybe to? Maybe not or? your mentor in real estate, but maybe like, like, um, just in like a in role general. model that yeah. you've actually like just looked up to your whole life, whether it's in real estate or not. There's a few. Um, I definitely have like a lot of big like players that have just helped me or just like taught me how to treat people in a, in a work environment. So like uh-huh. there's, you know, there's leaders down in St. Augustine that I've really looked to. Um, like the guy Steve Pappas really helped me a lot. Steve Pappas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he's, um, he's in the medical field. So mm-hmm. a completely different field. However, he was just like with, when I was much younger, he would just sit down with me and like go over it. When I first tried to buy that first gym, he like taught mm-hmm. me everything about business valuation and like mm-hmm. yeah. basically getting the SBA loan. So he helped me with all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but lots of other players. And then as far as like real estate goes, I don't know if you guys ever watched the Lamakia trainings, Anthony Lamakia. He's up no. in New York. He's mm-hmm. dipping into Miami now, but okay. he's, he was like my main training source. And I just got to meet. So I went down and spoke. Um, Fidelity uh, hosted a Fidelity national title, hosted yeah. a, um, a like basically just NAR lawsuit speaking event. Like, yeah. so they had a panel of, it was four of us and then had an attorney that they brought in, um, Shane Bronson, who's Anthony's like right-hand man and mm. runs Florida for his, for his brokerage. Um, he was there and I got to meet him. So that was super cool. Cause I was yeah. like, I'd watch these guys like when I just started in real estate. So I was kind of a little bit starstruck. Mm-hmm. Um, was that like a subscription that like, you yeah, it's like this monthly, tra- not monthly. It's you, you buy the trainings uh-huh. and it's awesome. Like my, mm-hmm. my listing appointment to this day is the exact same from what I learned from Anthony, like when yeah. I very mm-hmm. first started. I, I mean, I, I have my own little flavor to it, but like right. the, the timeline of how I go through it is exactly how we started. You got to so, send me that then. Yeah, no, yeah. it's, he's great. He's definitely, I would suggest, especially for new agents, if you yeah. guys are, if you don't want to deal with the training aspect. Uh, we cr- definitely have had a few green agents come on within yeah. the last year and it's, it's tough. It's tough to, it's, it's a pain in the ass to try and, talk about everything because people don't realize that real estate is such a wide array of knowledge. Like, right. th- like, and that's why people can be niche focused on so many different sides right. of it. Mm-hmm. But um, whenever you're first starting out, and like you said, you don't know what you don't know. You're yeah. coming in. It's just like a, like you're just scratching the surface of a full ocean. Right. And, and it's, it's hard to also, like you said, find the time to sit down and relay all of that information whatever you're trying to manage your transactions mm-hmm. work on new marketing streams worry about because like like you said earlier i'm also a worry war as a yeah. business owner mm-hmm. like if we're in a lull and i'm like oh man like i like we should be doing something right. like What's something going needs on? to be going on Every right panic. now like like yeah you get like little panic mode and then yeah. it all comes back at once it's yeah. like fits and starts so it's yeah. hard to to have that time set aside to right. train somebody but part of the process you yeah have to do it. which he like he's awesome i would definitely crush it in real estate.com is i think what they're um, crush it in real estate crush it in real estate. it's anthony he's the man he's got a little you know like northeastern mm-hmm. accent like he's uh-huh. fun to listen to um but they're they're super caring if you just if you want to look into it even further they're super caring of like the agents they just want to see agents succeed it's not like they're right they're not like a, i mean tom ferry's great don't get me wrong but i feel like he's very like he is trying to make money off selling his sessions for sure. yeah know, um, for sure which everything's yeah. a business but I don't know. I, I was a huge fan of Lamakia, so I'll uh-huh. plug them anytime. Yeah, so. no, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I want to look them up and, and and see some of their stuff. Yeah. Um. What about um anyone you look up to in the, like the fitness industry? Um. So, th- as much as I don't love um like Alex Ramosi, the the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's wait. So sorry, but I'm friends with their CEO for Gym Lord. Like he, really? he's, really? he's who I worked for. No way. Yeah. So they're, they're, I'm tied into them. Uh-huh. From afar, um, yeah. like Kale. Do you watch his wife's stuff too? No, I do not. 
Uh, they uh, actually who's his wife? Layla Hermosi. Okay, because I, I know uh, the only reason I know Alex like is them. they're so intelligent. Uh, yeah. I don't love because again, the if the gym was actually my business, I would absolutely utilize mm. their marketing approach because it right. freaking works. But yeah. I'm I just don't care to make that much. Or I really I don't care to make money off the gym, and I mm. don't want to spend the time that. Because they, yeah. they make they do such a good job of teaching gym owners, which is typically a very like I like to work out. I'm gonna own a gym. Like they don't really know the business side. Uh-huh. Right. They teach gym owners how to run a business, and it's really impressive. <laughs> really, really impressive. Um, but it takes a lot of work, and I just don't have the time to do the work. For I the, like the how program. I like how Alex um, Hermosi is mm-hmm. like he's just so like just like he doesn't really like sugarcoat anything. He's just kind of like you know, if you see some of his videos on mm-hmm. Instagram, kind of just straight to the point. He is. He's just like so like whatever about it. But he seems like such a cool dude. So he, is Rich Piana. He, if you ever watched mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which it, they like they know how to make money. Like yeah. obviously it's proven, but like the guy the guy that I worked for, Kale Owen is the CEO of, of Gym Launch or Gym mm-hmm. Lords, whatever their their parent company is. Um now because Alex sold a majority so mm. but kale lives right in saint augustine um uh-huh, so right. they're in maggie's the his wife is is high into that company now as well but um cool. so i learned a lot from them too and yeah, they're like yeah. they're really willing to give me advice if i ask for it for yeah. sure they're, and i've sold some of their properties for them too mm. um we definitely had like a, a stale relationship after the when i tried to buy the gym mm-hmm. and i was like a little bit is honestly probably more me than them i was uh-huh. just more upset that i wasn't able to do it um, Wait, were you trying uh, to buy the gym from them? From them. Oh, okay. okay. So we definitely had probably for a little bit of a stale relationship just because that didn't work out. Yeah. They moved. Once they moved back, it was fine. But um, like we're all yeah, I get kosher it, yeah. now. But um, yeah. So that's that. They're super intelligent. Mm-hmm. So they're that would probably be the people that I look up to for like the business side of it. Um, but as far as the like, just who I learned from with fitness is like Sal DeStefano, um, Justin Schaefer, um. Adam, I can't remember, no, Adam Schaefer, excuse me, Justin Andrews, and those guys are in Mind Pump, which mm-hmm. is, they're out of California. Right. Super intelligent, They're just, but they're, like, not about, like, the whole, like, let's just blow up with the the marketing. They want to do fitness, right? So mm-hmm. between the business of Alex Ramosi and then the Mind Pump guys is, like, who I combined. If I are can. those, I don't know who those Mind Pump guys are, but I would assume those kind of go, those kind of, like, tailored towards, like, the style of lifting that you yeah, like. So that would you like, be more, like, calisthetic or what, not calisthetic, What's like the, cause you're more like, it's fun. It's, it's really, it's functional strength. Functional training. strength functional yeah. Technically strength is what I call it. So it's, um, but people look at us cause we're in a warehouse. It'll look like CrossFit, but yeah, it's, it's not, not CrossFit. Yeah. It's <laughs> not the slightest CrossFit. We will reach like intensities, but it's really how I personally enjoy to train and how, uh-huh. how personal trainers should be training. Uh-huh. Um, which is like trying to build lean tissue and create an actual like sustainable metabolism. We're not trying mm-hmm. to crash diet people. We're not trying to run them mm-hmm. out of the door and just make them sweat. Right. We're trying to teach them like the proper way to do it for a long time. So there's a lot of like, just, it's not very exciting. Like yeah. it's, and it's as another, that's a challenge that I face every day with my gym is like, because we have orange theory F45 burn boot camp, which looks so exciting because mm-hmm. there's like colors and sounds and fast movement. And we're all like ADD. So, um, no one can sit still. So it's like, so it's like where, as you come to my gym and it's like, we're going to do four sets of this. You're going to rest for two minutes in between yeah, and we're going to hang out and talk for two minutes because your energy system that you need to allow to recover is Mm -hmm. not going to actually recover if you just keep working. So, so we have very good reason behind everything that we do. It's just not sexy the way we do things. Um, so, but if people stick to it, they kill it. They They see really good results. Oh my God. And they stick to it and they don't. There's another thing. Can't eat like an asshole. Um, so you yeah. got to make sure you're actually uh, appeal, upholding some sort of like diet to yeah, some right. extent, which we coach people through that. I'm, mm. I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't technically give 
you know, like here's a, a specific right. diet, I can definitely give recommendations though, which yeah. is yeah. about all you really need mm-hmm. as long as you can create a general outline for people. But, um, yeah, as long as they don't eat like crap and they just maintain consistency with our facility, it's like mm-hmm. they, they see great results. And that's like something that I battle all the time with people, mm-hmm. um, which is again, like eats into my bandwidth a little bit with the real estate. Right. So yeah. anyways, um, have those you, guys are awesome. Have you always been like into fitness and stuff or what kind of like, cause I guess for me, what kind of got me into fitness was I used to wear my shirt in the pool. <laughs> so I was always like that insecure I, I was kid. a pretty I was, chubby you know, kid. So then I, remember, so I, sh- yeah. I shot up. I, <laughs> I shot up in like middle school. And then, um, you know, after that, I was like, I'm going to get in shape. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really like start on my fitness journey until probably like junior year of high school. when yeah. I really like looked in the mirror and I was like, I need yeah, to take this seriously. This is, this is, this is not the way. Oh, see, <laughs> I, I think I was after that. Like the, I didn't really, I I feel like it all is born out of like just aesthetics because everyone just Mm. is insecure. (laughs) So, which I I mean, I am too. Yeah, we all are. And I think all of us have some sort of body dysmorphia to some extent. Of course. Um, But I was definitely chubby when I was in high school. Uh And like, my dad's so funny. He'd always be like, he'd be like, what's your ideal weight? (laughs) And I'd be like, I don't know, I don't Bruce. Know. Like, I don't even know. I was, like, I was like, I don't know what my ideal weight is, but he was trying to tell me I was fat, which yeah. Yeah. I should have listened to him. Um, you like trying to figure out how to answer that. You're like, I don't no, know. I was like, I don't even how, know. how to tell you to go to the gym without no, being an asshole. Literally, I'd be yeah. like, I don't know, dad. Um, but so that's, he'd always ask me that, which it's, funny. it's hilarious looking back at it. But in the moment, I was like, what an asshole. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's right after high school, uh, when I first got to junior college and was playing baseball, I was a shortstop in high school, and then when I got to junior college, everyone was like, obviously, you step up when you get to school, to get to college playing yeah. level, and and so I remember the first day we had, it was like hell week, essentially, and uh-huh. we were sprinting the track, it was a mile for time, uh-huh. and I was like back with the catchers in the third baseman, and like all the middle infielders are way up, because most Ooh. of them are super athletic, yeah. and yeah. Um, I was not, so... I remember my coach screaming at me. He's like, why do I have a shortstop with the catchers? And I'm like, I'm fat. And so, (laughs) so I lost like 20 pounds my freshman year of college. I got super thin. And then I finally figured out like, I don't want to be super scrawny either. And like, when I was going to find other schools, like you got to find the middle balance. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden I couldn't, I didn't hit for any power at all. And I had no mass and no no school wants a first or third baseman who doesn't hit for power. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, shit, I got to get strong really quick. So that's what like, bump me back up into fitness and then yeah. I just got like addicted to it. I mean, yeah. that's how you, people get into it and they like, it does get addicting. It. What, um, I what wanted to, um, ask you cause you were talking before about like some of your, you know, influencers and stuff that you look up to in the fitness industry. What yeah. do you think about some of the other influencers that are in the fitness industry right now? Cause it seems like a lot of people on, you know, TikTok, Instagram, social media that are blowing up in the fitness industry are all yeah. on steroids and they're all lying about it. Lots uh, of that. Um, or they're just open about it. They're like, yeah, I'm shooting yeah. this and that. Which uh, I mean, as long as they're honest about it, then great. I don't, I don't uh, obviously, cause it's pretty apparent, especially when you work in the field, unless someone has like absolutely insane genetics, which like we all have to understand how rare that how is. Rare. Yeah. Um, you can tell when somebody is taking some sort of, you know, pro hormone or something along those yeah. lines, some PED. Some sort of PED. Um, so like, it's pretty obvious. So, like it just, if you're lying about it, then get over it, which there's yeah. a, there's a fine line now because peptides are big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, is that a PED? I mean, technically, but it's legal at this point. They're yeah. all research chemicals. Wait, so what's a like peptide? A peptide. They're, they're just amino acid profiles that are put together and they're like, so like 
the biggest one right now that I'm aware of the BPC 157, which is like this like muscle recovery peptide that uh, is it's interesting huge. Which and there's only certain companies that are actually like third party tested, and then there's a bunch of research chemicals you can buy it all online, right? Yeah. And it could be effective or it could be just a bunch of metals in a pill. So it's yeah, you don't yeah. you don't you know don't really know what you're getting. There's like a gray area, but as far as the influencer goes, um, it bugs the hell out of me. I went to the, when I was up in Greenville this past weekend. I went to a crunch because that was like the closest gym to where I was staying, mm-hmm. and like bunch of girls like with their cameras set up yep and i'm like oh, i'm like God. i'm definitely in their video and this one's getting annoyed with me because i keep walking behind her in her yeah. video and i'm like oh, i'm just trying to work out yeah. too which like in my gym we have no mirrors so yeah, it's just like yeah. go in there and do your thing the coach is supposed to watch you anyways but uh the the gym influencer thing bugs me i'm, I'm very much on the which again it's probably not great for business i know it's not great for business because we're not like crazy about like getting in front of people but yeah influencer thing i'm like on the other end of the spectrum mm-hmm. of that it, kills me in the gym space because it's just so like narcissistic in yeah, nature. It's, <laughs> like, yeah. it's crazy narcissistic so yeah. anyways try to stick away from that so um now that you're kind of transitioning away from the gym business mm-hmm. you're you're gonna you know sell a major portion and that's not gonna be you know the forefront of your focus mm-hmm. um what are some of the you know lead streams and things that you're working mm-hmm. on because i know you said you're not you're not doing the turn and burn strategy mm-hmm. yeah. and you also don't seem to be you know, somebody that's going towards the kind of the, the influencer type of thing. So where, where's your business coming from? And then what, you know, strategies are are you using to continually try and, you know, grow your capabilities in real estate? I think, um, I was like blessed enough and lucky enough this year to like see a huge repeat business. Mm -hmm. Um, and like where I thought this year would slow down a lot, it got like double my volume this year, which has been really cool. That's Um, awesome. And I'm like, especially in a down year. Yeah. And like not a great year. So from a lot of agents were like, it's super slow. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, it's crazy for me this year, but yeah. um, just, I think that is just a lot of me actually like trying to do my job as good as I can up front and being good to people that's causing that. Now I think as far as like how much I can do per year, that's probably it. if I'm just thinking forward, there's, I don't, there's no way I can do more repeat business than I did this year. So there, I've got to find some other Avenue. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm big in the community outreach mm-hmm. and just trying to be touch points with people and being involved in the community in that aspect. Uh-huh. Um, obviously picking an area to farm is going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Listings are going to be the name of the game moving forward as they always have been. But even mm-hmm. now more importantly, because of the NAR lawsuit, even though yeah. nothing's actually going to go into effect as far as a law anytime soon, yeah. um, that we are a internet based society mm-hmm. and access information is readily available. So it's like, sellers are going to see that people don't want to pay buyers agents anymore. Right. Our listing mm-hmm. appointments are going to get a whole hell of a lot different now. Just yeah. like yesterday, I was talking to them about commissions and I'm telling them we are offering somebody at a minimum two and a half percent because mm-hmm. we want to incentivize somebody to come in here. And I'm like, and I will not take a listing unless we're okay with doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not cutting my commission either. So it's right. like, so unless we're doing this or not, so it's gotta be at least five Ooh. and we have to respect ourselves as agents to, in, in my opinion, like for anyone that's, going into a listing appointment, I get it. If you're new and you're just trying to acquire the business, I want you to take the hit, not someone else. Like, right. uh, and that's just in my opinion. Like if you're, yeah. if you're trying to acquire a business, cut yourself down a little bit. Don't cut your partners or your co-ops down. Yeah, I agree. Um, respect the industry. Cause otherwise we're just going to, we're going to screw ourselves over. It's a and you're keep setting the bar a little bit lower each Absolutely. time that, that happens. We've already done it. We had, yeah. a, we had three weeks ago, we had a, a condo with one of our guys on our team. Um, we were putting an offer on and the co-op was a dollar. And the guy was like, yeah, because he was like, oh, I saw, um, I saw the, the lawsuit and he's like, I don't want to pay a buyer's agent. So in the, 
the guy that's a listing agent and the guy that does no deals every yeah. you know he does like three deals a year so he's like sure i'll take my half i'll pay out a dollar to somebody else no one's gonna sell that yeah that's messed yeah, up so and it, that's unethical for me to say and i fully understand that i'm saying that like on camera that's unethical but that's just the nature of it no one right. wants yeah. to work for free so there's or gonna be a dollar things. no and no yeah. one wants to work for that so it's no. like we're gonna have to work into um you know, at some point we're going to have to either, you know, tell our buyers, Hey, I need this commission up front. You know, I can work for you for 60 days for this amount. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or we can just say, understand that I'm going to be working this in as a seller credit. So it, it'll be a closing cost credit towards you, but for me, yeah. right. essentially for me to work for you, like there's going to be weird ways that we're going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, just to, to, to go back on that is that like, how are you strategizing listings. your listings? Um, well, for, for me, just acquiring listings mm-hmm. is obviously one doing good, people i still am just trying i I think the biggest thing for me is getting out in in front of people in the community yeah because i I do like that do you host networking events or not so much networking events but between the gym i do a run club Uh i try to just be out and about as much as i can tell me about the run club what's Um, going on there literally just i kind of did it off of neptune run club because they're huge Mm -hmm. they are huge which we haven't gotten to that but we'll have like 50 people come out come Mm -hmm. out on a saturday morning and it's just Uh like i just put like sponsored by taylor training systems Uh i got shirts for everybody and then um yeah, we'll just meet up and run. But, like, uh-huh. I just get to, like, and this is so stupid, but just for, like, new agents, like, put yourself, if you want to just, like, say, like, put a little, like, plug in without, like, making yourself sound like a narcissist. Yeah. Like, at the end of the run, be like, who wants to come to an open house? Like, because yeah. I'm, I'm about to go sit at an open house. and be like, I have yeah. an open house. If anyone wants to come see me. Mm-hmm. And, like, people yeah. just remember, like, he's the real estate guy. So it's, uh-huh. like, just little touch points like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, uh, you know, you know, that's a, a good way to do it because mm-hmm. you're almost doing it sub- subliminally. You're mm-hmm. not really like in their face, like, Hey, are you looking for a home? I hope you buy a home right now. It's mm-hmm. more like, Hey, I'm, I'm your friend. I do normal this run things club with you, yeah. Yeah. With you. Yeah. but if for you sure. ever happen to need something, you know, I'm your guy for sure. So one I, other thing that I think is really big is, um, which is challenging. I mean, I'm definitely active on social, which helps it mm-hmm. for our age group. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as acquiring, especially if you want to work up in price point. So this is what I'm starting to learn a little bit. And my price point has gone up quite a bit is um, a lot of that is birthed from other agents that are referring you. So um, like making yourself known in other States, mm-hmm. other areas mm-hmm. or other countries, even like Sotheby's is a great company that does. And I don't work for Sotheby's obviously, but yeah. um, just understanding their, how they do business in their internal referral network. It's incredible. Mm. Right. It is absolutely incredible. Their agent to agent referrals in there. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of that is, and they're, they do a great job in selling luxury homes because one luxury agent will send it to another luxury agent in the other, in the other area. So getting to know, like if you're doing traveling a lot, like if we're talking about mm-hmm. like going on these vacations, like stop by real estate office while you're there, go drop cards and talk to people for 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And like, you may get one, it's like just 1% possibility out of it, but just like enjoy But if your you time. do it a hundred times. Right. You, and you then like, one. and then all of a sudden, if you're going to these nice areas for vacations, those price points are high. If someone's going to buy in your area, their yeah. price point's going to be high. So it's like, you end up like, so that's where I see my, a lot of my attention going towards mm-hmm. is because I do want to travel more too. So I'm going to try yeah. to like simultaneously do these is trying to go around and get my name known with other agents in outside areas. Outside so areas. Yeah. Business yeah and a lot of people that, cause I, I do feel like anytime I do go out of town or something, you say I'm from Northeast Florida. They know St. Augustine. They know For Amelia sure. Island. St. Augustine is you know, probably blowing up more than anywhere massive, else. Yeah. <laughs> massive. I've seen up here, like St. John's County in general. Yeah, it's uh. massive between the schools and the downtown, obviously. Mm-hmm. But where um, where are you at in St. Augustine? Where do you live? I'm, I'm in the south, which is like the 86 zip code, so just south of downtown. Yeah. 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 So like is that it, considered St. Augustine Beach? No, not quite. Uh, St. Augustine Beach is the 32080 zip code. Okay. 
Um, but that's like I work. I don't even work that much eight zero anymore. But it's mm-hmm. like eight six, eight four, which is downtown. Nine five, which is just north of downtown. Yeah. Um, like the nine two and five nine. Like I literally like I'm so mm-hmm. hyper focused on like those. Right. What do you codes? think about like a lot of the like flooding issues and stuff that are happening um, there? Like, have you uh, do you do you see like a transition in some of the properties like building up like for sure like protection walls and for sure like that. how is it changing like transactions that you have to do there? Um, I feel like people have such short term memory loss. So it's like we don't have a hurricane for two years and everyone's like, oh, it's cool to buy in David Shores again. Yeah. <laughs> but then <laughs> as soon as the hurricane comes through, everyone like just like these low lying areas like Volano, yeah. David Shores, downtown immediately. Um, mm-hmm that those flood like crazy and like then it's like Bill. six months that the yeah. no one will buy a single house. like no one wants to buy there right yeah. um and then all of a sudden people forget about it and they yeah. move on but uh-huh. everyone that like insurance is such a yeah how's the insurance miserable look mm. so far miserable you know, the rates just going through the roof on some of the properties there. yeah it's just because it's so monopolized which i, I talked to my insurance broker yesterday about it i guess four more companies are buying into our state next starting january 1st which is huge because yeah. like everything is so condensed into just a few carriers here sure uh-huh. so it's like that's why our pricing is so high um but especially those flooding areas it's like nearly impossible to get insurance on mm-hmm. these places if it is the premiums absolutely insane so that's that's always something I combat, but to be honest with you, most of the time when it comes to those areas, so I say most of the time, more often than not, not most of the time, but the, the people that are buying in those areas because they're immediately around downtown, they're the more older areas. A lot of times they're looking for investment property, which most of the time I am typically not advising by any means, but I'm, I'm warning them by it's, and I guess I am advising them, but just saying, Hey, you could lose three months of, of income, from one flood. Like I would right. try to find, let's try to find something that's flood zone X or we have something elevated yeah. right, where you don't have to carry flood insurance. Cause I have so many people that buy mm-hmm. and they'll lose half a year of income in rental. Yeah. And then I look like a piece of shit yep. because I didn't warn them against that. So I'm with trying to the like, investors that you're working with. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you see a lot of them going towards Airbnb? I know there's a lot of short term rentals over there, but it's also very hard with so competitive. The zoning and everything that's going on. Um, yeah, I, there's still people that want it. That's definitely slowed down so much from one, it, the rates just being so high, just capitalizing yeah. on that stuff is super challenging and, and just so getting at market mm-hmm. rate. Yeah. And there's so much, so much competition. So there's not a ton of that right now in previous years when rates were super low and people were just trying to put their cash somewhere mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, when I'm, when I'm talking to investors, I'm, I'm definitely defaulting to covering with long-term debt and then uh-huh. we're backing into the short-term stuff. And yeah. then the night minimums is such a difference per street there. Yeah. So right really? now, I'm not really very versed to be honest with you up in Jacksonville, how it is. But like in St. Augustine City itself, it's different from, you know, as soon as you go beachside and then it's beachside unincorporated and then you go beachside city limits. And right. it's like literally it's all different. It's so different. And mm-hmm. it's like a couple street spaces. So you really have to be like understanding of and you can look it all up. It's not uh-huh. like it's not accessible. Like it's yeah, not, I, right. I have this like genie and information or crystal ball. But um you do need to be like working with someone that understands that because that can mm. make or break your year having a seven day minimum versus the HP one thirty day minimum. Like, you're just yeah, like for sure. You're screwed yeah. <laughs> at yeah. that point. You can only do twelve rentals per year. So, um, and there's a lot of that differences as you and go there's, through town. Are, th- are there any dailies allowed? Or uh, yeah, for sure. So it, um, but it's just like a very specific uh, zoning. Well, yeah, you got to be like. RG1, RG2, residential general or commercial mm. Um, mm. if you're inside of St. Augustine City Limits. And then if you're outside, honestly, the honey holes, if you can find something like there's one spot in St. Augustine Beach, there's a lot of good spots. But like uh-huh. um, like right across from the amphitheater, it's it's county zoned. Yeah, um, I know and what you're talking about. RS3, like you can do nightly there. There's no restriction. Or if you get, you know, south of the Golden Mile in St. Augustine Beach where you go to the Crescent area, there's mm. no nightly minimums. Yeah. Um, City of St. Augustine Beach itself only has 100 vacation rental licenses, mm-hmm. so some people will go in and buy houses thinking they can short-term rent them. Mm-hmm. 
their agent didn't know that there's only a hundred licenses. There's a forever and a day year waiting list. Um, really? Yeah. I didn't know so, that. Um, but that's only St. Augustine beach city limits. Okay. So mm. you can buy outside of the city limits, which is like the golden mile of St. Augustine beach. Right. Um, uh-huh. So you can buy outside of that and still do it. But then you get to the North side, which is city of St. Augustine and Davis shores. That's a seven day minimum unless otherwise designated. So, yeah. um, there's like a couple condos too. Like I just told one of my, I, I personally had a condo that I just sold. That was the only, it's so weird. There's, Three is three different HOAs. It's one condo complex, technically. Oh, Salt Run pain. one, two, and three. Three different HOAs. Salt Run two, which is my building, was RG two zoned for some reason. So mm. we could do nightly minimums. One one building. One over. building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but the other ones couldn't. So it's just it was weird. Yeah. It was very odd. So, anyways, but that can always change. So it's yeah. it's and scary. that's stuff you'd want to know too, 100 percent for sure. Yeah. But it's scary as an investor, in my opinion. Like if the less municipalities that you can adhere to, like mm. if you can find somewhere like county that's county, yeah, absolutely. county or unincorporated, whatever, where you don't have to like have multiple overlays to adhere to with rules, like mm-hmm. that's less possibility of like some lobbyist that owns yeah. a hotel like coming in and telling you like to shut down your Airbnb. Your that's that's what happened in Daytona. Scary. Um, all the, like mm-hmm. the hard rock hotel mm-hmm. uh, lobbied the city and they're like doing away with all new short term rentals. Yeah. So if and I could see that happening. If you're grandfathered Augustine. in, mm-hmm. then you're in, but like mm-hmm. no more. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see St. Augustine doing that yeah. at some point because and of their Amelia yeah. Island, uh, kind of the same thing as St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. If you're in the County, mm-hmm. you're good. And there mm-hmm. are little spots on the outskirts of the Island right. where it's County and you mm-hmm. can, kind of get away with whatever See, I'm not if, well you're in, Amelia, if you're inside the city limits uh, i think it's the same thing seven day minimum. seven day yeah it's hard because i mean obviously that completely changes your income yeah if you can only rent it 52 mm-hmm. times a year versus how many people are looking to rent for seven days straight for 350 bucks a right night yeah which like, you know, saint augustine nights. is in this this is where it gets a little bit there's like some room for like I don't know, just there's some ambiguity because it's a seven day minimum, but you it's just a one turn in seven days. So you can have someone stay for three days and then you just can't turn it until the next seven day period. Oh, in interesting. Augustine. Okay. So um, everyone, for the most part, excuse me, does three day minimums. Mm-hmm. And then most of the time people stay three to five days, but then they have a couple day turn oh, period. Got it. Got so okay. still, it's an absolute bitch because it limits yeah, right. your you know, availability to do mm-hmm. so. But yeah, So um, your occupancy rate's like 50%. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's year. tough. So if you can like get some like snowbirds to stay for a few months straight, mm-hmm. then it definitely helps you out quite a bit. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. Makes sense. Um. Yeah, I got one. So out of all that, told us kind of about your, you know, your gym and real mm-hmm. estate and stuff. What was like your biggest hurdle like to, to get everything going like is there like uh, one like what was like the biggest like on both sides on both Real sides in the gym oh um well time management mm-hmm. was a big deal i definitely in the first year i was like just like 5a to 8p kind of a thing just yeah. like working so much but like i was young and i wanted to do it and mm-hmm. i was like just getting everything started um but uh th- probably time management honestly is the biggest hurdle because th- th- money wasn't that big of an issue with both of them because we're, we're a cloud-based brokerage. It's not like we had office overhead. Mm-hmm. We're all working from afar, so there's not yeah. that overhead there. I just have my normal housing expense. And then um, the gym, it just covered its debt. Like, I wasn't right. terribly concerned about making money off of it. So I was really mm-hmm. just trying to, like, float the gym and make sure that did okay enough to where I didn't have to come out of pocket any. Right. Mm-hmm. And then real estate, just, like, try to organically grow, which luckily it did. Yeah. Um, but it was just, like, trying to manage covering both businesses, which mm-hmm. if I, again, if I could do, I definitely think it's cool to have like some other source of income when you start or when you're going out on your own in real estate. But, yeah. um, if I could do it all over again, I probably wouldn't do two customer facing mm-hmm. businesses. <laughs> like where yeah. you're like really trying to have like customer satisfaction with yeah. both. Um, that's just really challenging to uphold when you're super tired all yeah. the time. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, if I could do that again, probably wouldn't do both of them, but, or I'd get somebody probably have a, a partner mm-hmm. up front with the gym is probably what I would have done. So I could at least delegate some of my, 
right. tasks because I did it just, you know, I bought all the equipment up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I was just like, here we go. We're doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. here we go. So um, it was just a lot. For How much do memberships go at your gym? Um, which we, we just went up this year. So they, they range from the high end, $200. This is just monthly recurring. So we have like a, rec- a recurring model. Mm. We don't do annual contracts, but it is automatically recurring on a month to month basis. Mm. So 200 a month down to our lowest is 135. But that's if you get like a family discount or military mm. and you're like the second person, there's a lot of discounts that get you back down to it. So we're, we try to be average around like the 150 to 155 mm-hmm. per client that uh-huh. comes in per month. Um, and we do a lot of personal training. I don't yeah. do any of that. Um, how often does that allow somebody to come in for, you know, average 150 bucks a month? Uh, as far as like how many members we get per month? How many like, no, like, times can oh, I work like, out? Oh. If you get that membership, like I know so, you're hosting classes all the time. They yeah. can just come every day. The 200, like the highest tier you can come in whenever you want uh-huh. for classes. Then uh-huh. the, the three, we only have two options. Mm. It's just, again, I'm trying to keep this as simple as I can. Yeah, no, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. But it works. The, we have a three times a week plus an open gym. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. that's, you can come into and then, a, and then an unlimited option. The, the pricing is not that crazy different. It makes way more sense to just, just buy the unlimited. unlimited. So yeah. most people do that. Um, so most people just go and get in on that spot. We've done literally no marketing for that place. It's been all word of mouth. Uh-huh. Um, and we've grown. We've definitely seen actually a dip this year for sure mm-hmm. um, for the first time in a while. And and I, I think just attributing that to everything going up in price. We're an, yeah, we're an yeah. accessory Stuff's expense. Getting really expensive. Yeah. So yeah. we are an accessory expense and like people are going to drop their accessory expenses, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if they're, you know, eating to their wallets every month. So um, a little bit of a dip there. But again, that's that's something with new ownership guy's planning on bringing in which again i don't feel like personally dipping my real estate money into it right rather the gym just float itself but you know he's going to come in and have like a fresh take Uh put some money into it actually pour some money into marketing um Uh which is going to be nice it'll we'll see a major difference in 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 flux right away especially with the county being as busy as it is and then you can be more hands-off during the whole thing absolutely and hopefully still get some dividends yep that's that's kind of the game plan i'm still want to be a part of it to some extent because i really just enjoy being around i think it makes just me better and healthier to be around it Uh um but i just don't want to be the final decision maker on anything like with that i've just too too much too much of that one. So with that being taken off your plate, mm-hmm. um, what are your goals for, you know, the future, maybe, you know, next year and then also long-term, like five, 10 years? Um, well, now that I have my broker's license, the... Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. But the the plan initially before this lawsuit was to, you know, start building a team underneath me um, and have a lot of buyer's agency that we lead up into listing agent style, that mm-hmm. kind of style. Not that anyone has to be specifically buyer's agents, but mm-hmm. that's typically what they're working initially. Um, is to build up a team underneath me. I, I think I'm going to watch how this plays out a little bit. Uh, a lot of this is probably going to end up being on um, really falling back less on a team and just more on the individual itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you being really good at being the best agent you can be personally instead of having like a bunch of people underneath you. It just depends mm-hmm. on how the, the buyer co-ops right. go. Yeah. Um, so I'm just still going to focus on on growing myself personally. I, I will likely be taking over the the brokerage itself we do have another broker in place right now but mm-hmm. i want to grow it yeah. and you know the, with the current broker in place I, I love him it's not anything wrong about it but we all we've always just been doing our own thing so right. i would like mm-hmm. to grow you're trying to scale that, it a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah i want to grow up. that side um so that's the game plan for me to take that and, and actually grow it. i don't know exactly what avenue i'm going to take with growing it um mm-hmm. we'll see how that shakes out but regardless i i want to as far as more than likely the, where I think my head is going is this. I just want to have like like top quality, high quality agents that yeah. are actually doing their jobs correctly uh-huh. in a high split style mm-hmm. where, you know, 
the brokerage itself isn't making a lot of money, but at least you're creating a good name for yourself and a good reputation locally by having the best agents you can find on your team. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the approach that I'm going to take. I don't mm -hmm. think I, I don't think there's probably much room moving forward for the high split brokerages or excuse me, the, the low split brokerages where, you know, given agents 40, 50% of their deals. Right. Um, there's too much access to information of other brokerages that'll tell you that you make a lot more money otherwise and mm -hmm. no one wants to share their money. So yeah. if you can, you know, provide, again, if you go with like Lamakia training, you have the training set up, you give them the agents that to succeed, mm -hmm. set a yearly volume minimum to be on the team, make sure that they're trying to adhere to their training and then let them kind of go. Obviously you're there for questions and comments or whatever you right. may need for help, but mm -hmm. um, like give them the tools, let them grow if they're newer or go and get some really high quality people that are doing, you know, at least 10 plus million a year to come in and, and like basically run their own show. Right. Yeah. That they right. be able to, you know, close deals under their names. There's mm -hmm. still people that don't close deals under their names mm -hmm. with teams, which is fine. People that don't need transaction coordinators. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I want to allow people to grow ideally in my head. This is where I think I'm going with this is I, I want to allow people to have the brokerage entity. Obviously we'll make a little bit money. It's still a business, but um, allow good agents to grow their brand underneath mm -hmm. their brokerage. You know, just to kind of wrap it up, I would mm -hmm. like you to just kind of share with everybody, you know, what's the best way they can get in touch with you, whether it's on the real estate side or, cool. you know, training side, run club, whatever it is, sure. um, you know, if they want to get involved, how, how can they get in contact um, with Jeremy Taylor? Well, <laughs> Instagram's my biggest social, if we're going to do social. So my, my personal is at lift and list, which nine lift and list nine, five. Sorry, just botched mm -hmm. that. Um, so obviously lifting and listing is my, way of making money. So, <laughs> um, that's where I get that from. And then, uh, my real estate page is at St. Augustine home. St. is spelled out. So S A I N T. Cool. Um, and then at Taylor training systems and those spaces, obviously for the gym, um, we're with river and coast property group. So at RCPG for that one. Um, but phone number, email Jeremy at NEFL properties, if we're trying to hit me direct, but otherwise I'm, I'm active on Instagram. So that's probably the easiest way for if yeah. someone that doesn't know me mm -hmm. to for get sure. to me. But, um, yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. We yeah. appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for being on today. Cool. Um, I think that, uh, there's a lot of really, you know, in important and in-depth knowledge to take away from this, not mm -hmm. just on the real estate side, um, but also on, on, you know, potential gen ownership and entrepreneurship in general. Mm -hmm. So thanks for, cool. for coming on and, uh, kind of sharing sharing your brain and uh you know again i'm i'm bryce and uh this is brylan thanks so much uh for for tuning in if you guys uh want to get in touch with us obviously reach out to us we'll have our information in the in the bio below and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on the next one